0: The following is a fourth-hand production. Welcome to A Very Brady Podcast. I am your host. My name is Tack Van Sickle. And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. As we break down the bunch one episode at a time, we take the episode, we break it down, we let it try on new clothes, we let it sashay around for a bit to see how it feels, we undress it slowly, then put it back together again. Ooh, that was creepy. Okay, okay. Uh, Today's episode, we look at season one episode seven entitled kitty carry all is missing if you haven't watched the episode please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing you don't have to but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do the ready bunch is available to stream on hulu cbs all access and amazon prime Uh, i also want to mention a contest we have coming up starting on december 2nd 2019 but more details at the end of the episode Uh, my guest today has been podcasting since 2013 host and producer of let's chat with chris revel has been featured on itunes top 100 comedy podcasts on itunes impressive huffington post and vulture chris has guests from the world of entertainment technology podcasting comedy and more please welcome chris revel welcome to the show sir
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, so great to um, a. It's great to be here. And for anyone out there who doesn't know, we became podcast friends like f- I think it's five years ago. I want to say.
0: Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> I, I was thinking about it. It was two apartments ago, and I remember. We, uh, <laughs> I think you you might have been on my on this this very show my first year of the doing the show.
0: Oh wow! Oh, okay
1: i think so because uh taint funny was either i think i'm not entirely sure i'd have to look it up i think it was the very first podcast i was ever a guest on
0: oh wow that's awesome thank you (laughs) you guys have always shared a special spot in my heart
1: so when you sent me this i was like oh my god yes i will do anything
0: (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome so uh tell listeners about let's chat with chris revel like what's that about
1: well, yeah, so a uh, long-form conversational podcast. Uh, Attack has been on a long time a couple of times a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've been uh, just past the 200 mark. Uh, one of the things I really strive to do is I try to find the things uh, people who have involvement uh, at various levels. So say someone who has something very small to do with something big, for example, like Star Wars, I was able to interview an actress who was a, an actor who was in The Force Awakens when that came out. Very, very, very like blink-you-miss-it role, but it's Star Wars, right? Or <laughs> I remember that episode. I listened to that Anna Maria yeah. Luente was nuts or then uh so there's a band i love like the get up kids which is like a really big in that niche world of like music uh so i've had the front man of that band on so i'm not trying to name drop so the kind of idea is trying to find (laughs) something that myself that i love of all various forms of culture niche and popular and find people of various involvement Uh, A lot of podcasters. So it's um, been a lot of, it's honestly, it's been one of the greatest things I've done. I'm surprised I haven't quit like most things in life, but it's a six, six years strong, 200 plus episodes. And uh, there's a little bit of dip of, of activity, but uh, it's kind of coming back full swing.
0: Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So you may have already answered this, but my next question was who is your biggest guest you had that you totally nerded out for?
1: There's actually a few, and um, I, I wanted. I was just talking to uh, my buddy uh, Robert Obi, who's been on my show, but he, we were talking on the phone the other day because he's thinking of start. He's getting in the process of starting a podcast, and it was actually kind of a more recent one, where I think I might have even had guests who might have had a little more bigger statute, stature. But mm-hmm. um, I had Tad Stones on, and he is the creator of Darkling Duck. He did. Uh, he made oh, wow. Chip and Dale. Like and he worked on Ducktales. Like he's one of the people involved. Like you know the Disney Afternoon, which I fucking loved, and now is having a real renaissance. But uh, I was talking to Obi about it. That's his last name. And uh, and (laughs) I even said too. I like I couldn't, I couldn't break him. I just was so he's like he's like yeah, you sound really stiff. I'm like you're not wrong. I there was something about this childhood part of it that I couldn't break. I could not. And I think it came out really well, but. I just remember feeling like I don't think I was able to be my authentic self as much as I wanted it to be because I was just so nervous because the whole time it was like talking to like my dad in a weird way because he's like (laughs) this older gentleman. Uh, But that was a really great one. I've had uh, writers from The uh, Simpsons, Mike Price. Uh, So it tends, I guess it's kind of all over the place of like, what's a niche community. Cause like in terms of podcasts and I've had on uh, Travis McElroy of my brother and my brother and me who aren't like famous, but huge within their own niche. So there's a lot of people of different levels of fame, success, clout, whatever you want to call it in those worlds. So it's kind of stuff like that.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, all right. So what is your history with the Brady Bunch? Did you watch it growing up? Do you hate it? Do you love it? What do you got?
1: Yes, actually, I did watch it a lot growing up. And for no other (laughs) reason than um, I'd be at my grandma's house and it was on. And um, not to be old man yelling, like get off my lawn. But that was of the era (laughs) where you just kind of watched what was on the cable. um, So we didn't have Netflix or streaming or anything. So I would watch (laughs) stuff that was just garbage because it was just there when I was Mm -hmm. staying home. And I remember my dad and... Always telling me that it wasn't good. It was uh, even actually I was talking to him the other night. He was mentioning this. Was like, it's it wasn't even good when it was made. It was always supposed to be kind of cheesy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I remember really not caring for it, but was more of a Partridge Family fan. Oddly enough, but what? my true relationship. I, well, at the time, I'm not that big of a fan <laughs> at all. I just remember at the time those were the two that we backed it back to uh, back. But my relationship, with the Baby Bunch, truly is the movies, which I because th- I think I conflated <laughs> my memories of the movies with the TV show because the yeah. movies are fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah those um, are great. Yeah, it's... I, after watching it last night, I was like, oh, this... I couldn't tell if it was sat... You know, the Brady Bunch can be perfect because it's either garbage or or it's so... It's like... It could almost be Andy Kaufman, which is why I think the movies did so well. <laughs> yeah. it's, re- it's really bad. I'm sorry. It's really terrible. But there's <laughs> something about that that's lovable. Like, I find myself last night and, like, hate watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying uh, on the last episode. I had... Uh... <clears throat> doc martin this this woman she got a phd and she like it was the first time she had ever seen an episode and she hated it she thought it was the dumbest thing she kept apologizing to me i was like don't apo- i didn't i'm not sure what shorts i didn't make the show i don't care how you feel I think it's great it's funny you know i i enjoy everybody's different perspective i was like be honest with you the show is dumb it's a stupid show and it's cheesy but i love it and i have it a special place in my heart i have nostalgia driving it behind it which she doesn't have, yeah, so my, my therefore, it's dumb.
1: I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, my dad was telling me last night. He's like, "It's not good. It was just. It was made in a time um, for. It was nostalgic. The thing I didn't understand the context of it was that it was nostalgic for when it was made. I honestly thought up until like yesterday that it was made in the 1950s, but it was supposed <laughs> oh, to be God. like. So when it was, what year is this? Air like the
0: 70s. Uh. Well, the first season is 69, and the rest of them obviously are 70 and on forward. So.
1: Yeah, so I didn't, that context made it, was like, oh, okay, so this was made to be nostalgia when it was made in 1969, whereas I thought <laughs> it was, like, being made, so it was supposed to be, like, kind of a homage or reflective of, like, that show, like, those older shows, like, Father Knows Best and those, like, kind of a, but I have to say South Park, I, I'm going to quote South Park, they, I would say The Brady Bunch is Member Berries, if you watch South Park.
0: uh, It's been a while, but yeah.
1: Uh, some of the newer seasons of the South Park, which have been pretty uh, a few ago, there's a it was around the election, the season when Trump was being elected, but they had the whole storyline of these little grapes called. Remember Star Wars, and just about like the the drug and nostalgia, and that's why I was like <laughs> the Brady Bunch was made to be remember the '50s in 1969, and you know what though I lo- I do have an affinity for that time frame as well, so there is something enjoyable as hell about the show. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you got to think, you know, during the time period, I've said this before on the show, um, during this time, we had Vietnam going on. We had um, a lot of bad shit going on in the world, and Sherwood Schwartz, the creator, he wanted something wholesome again. He wanted a nice, family, wholesome, cheesy comedy. That's what he wanted. He thought that's what Mm. the people needed right now, and he's not wrong. It was a bad time going on in the world, so...
1: Oh, I forgot to mention. Part of my relationship to this show is, by the way, I used to watch a lot of VH1 reality show. So I watched all yeah. of the Surreal Life and that yeah. one with the actor who played was it uh, was it Peter who like married that young supermodel? Yeah, had, like, yeah, a TV yeah. TV shows. So there was a period where I was more involved in like, or i my like who was fucking who on the Brady Bunch set rather than the
0: actual <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I know you got a short time here, so we got to get moving here. So let's take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to get into this. You ready? Yep. All right. We will be back. Undisturbed. Welcome to Hysteria Fifty One, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual, and the unexplained. Do
1: we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. Seventy-one point one, seventy-one point two. Admiral Bird is here
0: with John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swordlow, I promise. I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric.
1: Stop on my joke. I Thank will when
0: they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meat sex. And we're back. Okay, we have The Brady Bunch Season 1, Episode 7, entitled kitty carry-all is missing. You know, Chris, it sounds like we have a little bit of a mystery on our hands today. Just wanted to point that out. So, let's get into this. But first, let's do some facts about the episode. This first aired on November 7th, 1969. It's written by Al Schwartz and Bill Friedman, and directed by John Rich. And a little fun fact about the episode, I looked up on IMDb, there were actually two kitty carry-all dolls on the set, which... As you know, you'll see in the episode, but after the wrap of the episode, one went home with Susan Olsen, who plays Cindy, and the other one went home with Eve Plum, who plays Jan. So, maybe they still have them out there, I don't know, but Well, fun fact.
1: That is so sweet.
0: <laughs> Isn't it?
1: You I thought you were just going to say and both dogs were
0: murdered during production. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, so fade in. Here we go. So, and by the way, I'm just going to read. And whenever you want to interject, just jump in and interrupt I have me. I my and, notes. Gotcha. All right. So fade in, scene one. All right. Cindy is in uh, the media room singing a uh, rockabye baby to her doll. Mike and Carol hear from the kitchen and say how much she really loves that doll. Mike is off to play golf and kisses Carol goodbye. And on the way out, he says, have fun around the house, which I thought was a nice little jab to the uh, the old housewife there. Because Carol's, you know, has a live-in housekeeper and cook and maid, but yet she's a stay-at-home mom. All right.
1: <laughs> I know. I was I was so confused and jealous.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Cindy continues to sing to her doll. Just then, Bobby comes in with Tiger, the dog, and blowing on a kazoo. Cindy tells him to be quiet because she's putting down her doll. Um, Bobby asks why he has to be quiet because of some old doll. She says the doll doesn't make noise when he's trying to nap. Bobby says that he wishes the dumb old doll would have never even come to the house in the first place. Cindy says to, you know, you know, hush with all that mess or whatever any and, and it because it'll hurt her feelings. Bobby gets aggravated and leaves the room. Cindy puts uh Carrie uh Kitty Carrie all down and uh, on the couch and heads to the kitchen to get like a little pretend bottle so she's in the kitchen getting a little pretend bottle off of a little tiny pretend stove and brings it back into the media room where kitty carry-all was but when she arrives oh oh we got it go ahead i'm I'm curious of your thought um why is cindy not wearing pants (laughs) okay so she was famous for wearing these sundresses we talked about this on the show before and they're always like the shortest dresses ever like, it's,
1: it's borderline pedophilic. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's super like, short. it's clear. It's, it's either a long short or no pants. And I can't tell. And she's a small child. And you know, what? I hated Cindy as a child. And now watching it again, I'm like, I see why <laughs> she was the bitch.
0: <laughs> so, so Cindy comes back into the media room to find that Kitty Carial is missing. Dun, dun, dun. She's like, not on the couch anymore. So, Cindy calls for Cindy. Wow, I can't speak. Cindy calls for Carol to tell her that Kitty Carol has been kidnapped. Just as Bobby comes back into the room with a kazoo, Cindy blames Bobby for the thievery. Suddenly, Carol looks at Bobby, then Bobby looks at Carol. It was very dramatic. (laughs) Uh, Of course, Bobby denies. Go ahead. You got something?
1: Yeah. So, my question. So, this is where it's going to get hard for me because I can't tell if. This is an old trope that they're reusing, or are they're inventing the trope because of the time frame? Because I don't have much knowledge of television from before 1969, so part of your you're watching, you're like, oh, this old trope. I'm like, oh wait, was this new for the time? I'm gonna guess not. <laughs> but but like it felt like I don't know about you. Within three seconds, like the dog took it. I don't know why no one can figure this out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was like so
1: clearly the dog.
0: Oh my god! Did you listen to uh, one of my episodes? I think it was episode four or five. I don't remember. But um, it was a. I had a buddy on who does not watch the show, hates the show, whatever. And there was an issue. Uh, there was a mystery in that episode too. And I was like, "Can you guess what the mystery is?" This is before we even recorded. I was just talking, and he goes, uh, I don't know. The dog did it." And I was like, "Holy shit! How would yep. you know?" <laughs> and, and
1: not uh, even like, yeah, there wasn't even like a, a like a B or C story to to weave in and out that to make you think. It was like. Well, obviously it was the dog, and we're never gonna let you think it was anyone but the dog. But we're still gonna do the whole episode about how,
0: and then be like, surprise, it was the dog. Yeah. So thanks for spoiling for our our listeners, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, if you haven't
1: seen an episode, of the, uh, if if you if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen an episode of the Brady Bunch from 1969, then that's on you. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming into this thinking that you, you you're knowledgeable and not be like, fuck, now I'm never gonna be surprised.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Let's see here. Where were we? Um, So Bobby gets aggravated and leaves the room. Cindy puts Kitty, Carol. Oh, wait, where do you saw that? Sorry. I'm falling behind again. All right. Um, Oh, yeah. Of course, uh, Bobby denies the accusation and Carol suggests that maybe Cindy just forgot where she put it. She says that she left her right here on the couch when she left. And now it's gone. Bobby says he was just, quote, tooting his kazoo. And he said he likes to quote "walk when I toot." I thought that was kind of goofy. <laughs> uh, the boys are upstairs in the bedroom. Greg and Peter are asking Bobby if he took the doll. He says, "Come on, you can tell us. You know where'd you hide it?" And he realized he didn't actually take it because you know he swore on the sacred oath, you know that he didn't, and so therefore, it's true. It's a fact. Checks out. Hey,
1: yeah. Hey, listen, he swore.
0: On the sacred oath, which, yeah. I know, so, which I
1: still didn't understand what that was referencing, but that could be because I didn't see a previous episode.
0: Uh, still, um, no reference to anything. <laughs> so uh, Now, custody to the girls in their room, and Marsha and Jan are asking about the doll to Cindy. Marsha asks if she's sure Bobby took it, and Cindy says she's very sure. Cindy continues to te- to say that Kitty Carryall will starve to death because, you know, she doesn't have her bottle with her. And all the girls decide that they're not going to stand for this, and they're going to get that doll back. And they leave the room.
1: All oh, right. It was just—it's so funny how it, it's like the gender line of the three of them—they all just team up, like boys, girls. All right. Clearly, he's <laughs> lying. Clearly, she's like—like it's very. I don't want to. I'm not going to insult the show's lack of creativity. It's 1969 television. I don't know what else is on in this era. So Wait—is <laughs> I Love
0: Lucy on around this time frame? I think it's been. I think it was gone. For a while.
1: Night, uh, is, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm, I don't know if this is pre or post Golden Age of Television or not.
0: Probably post, post, I would say. Sorry, yeah, yeah
1: it's lazy and shitty. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, let's see. Back in the boys' room, Peter and Greg are talking and saying how unfair it is that Cindy is blaming Bobby for something he didn't do. And that she's not going to get away with it. They leave their room, too. The girls come into the boys' room via the joining bathroom that's in between the rooms. Um saying that and Bobby so,
1: King can we throw it all out? for anyone who doesn't know the backstory, I believe it's Greg, the actor who plays Greg, and at Marsha, is it them? Are like fucking like crazy on set. <laughs> like if you if there's like uh, do you know any of the backstory of like the like the drug addiction and the sex and all the dirtiness of the ba- behind the scenes stuff of the Brady bunch. It's actually more interesting than the show itself.
0: <laughs> well I, I know a think little bit a... about the dating. I mean it wasn't at this point. That's during season one, but yeah. So it was oh, actually on, yeah all, all six of the kids dated each other in age group. So, I mean, Marsha and Greg dated each other for a while. That was kind of a serious wow. thing. Even Jan and Peter dated for a little bit. And even Bob and wow. Cindy, they never like officially like dated. It was just like cutesy, like goofy, mm. goofiness, you know, together. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. As a uh as a parent, I was like, I don't know if I ever, if I were to get remarried and I had three kids and then I was to marry someone who had three separate children, if I would allow them to have a, a conjoined shared bedroom. Like, just <laughs> seems like, I, so just from context, I work in the behavioral health field, so I've sometimes when my mind goes that way, I'm like, that just kind of seems like you're really opening an invitation for someone to get molested or <laughs> a scenario that shouldn't be. So again, bad parenting, throwing it out there. <laughs> gotcha. Is that the first time this has come up on the show? I, I hope so. Um <laughs> Chris Revel ruins everything.
0: <laughs> no, I mean it's been mentioned about the whole dating, but not as detailed as you. So <laughs>
1: Yeah. And do you remember the MTV Awards did that whole um basic instinct with Mrs. Brady? Oh yeah, skit? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was uh so Greg and funny. like uh
0: Florence Henderson. Um like, yeah, and out then she or did, like the leg yeah. thing. Yeah,
1: it was so funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So uh, let me see here. So the girls come into the boys room, but the boys had left and go into the girls room. So it's a little confusion there. And they're like, hey, where'd they go? You know, then they meet in the bathroom in the middle. So uh, Greg and Marsh are yelling at each other. Just then Mike and Carol come in to see what all the commotion is about. Carol tells Mike that Cindy's doll is missing and thinks that Bobby took it. Mike asks Bobby and he says he didn't. The kids begin to argue again. Uh, So now Mike has all the kids kids go to their own rooms and Mike and Carol continue to talk in the bathroom. Mike says that he believes Bobby that he didn't take the doll and Carol says that Cindy always tells the truth. Okay. And Mike agrees that he believes that Cindy believes that Bobby took it, but she most likely just dropped it somewhere or forgot where she put it. Uh, Mike comes up with a plan that the whole family uh, fall in for a search detail. So he calls everybody in and, like, search detail. Everybody's separating the search parties and go look yeah. for the doll.
1: That scene is so funny because like they take it like so militaristic in a weird way, <laughs> yeah. but then then for some reason, which is I mean it's smart like plot wise to get like your characters together and doing something, yeah. But then they use it to have like them go to the kitchen. You can see Alice rare, and then uh, <laughs> they're like looking under like a stove top like where it's like a doll yeah. couldn't even fit there. So right. like, they're not even like trying. Like, do you think the doll is underneath the um, this placemat? Nope. Okay, it's, just, it's yeah. so funny. And Alice is always stirring something, but...
0: Yeah, I know. Actually I, see that? <laughs> I actually go into, I go into both of those things. So, yeah. So Mike walks into the kitchen where we see Alice stirring a pot on the stove, which she, you're right. She's always stirring something. And what's in that pot, I don't know. And uh, it doesn't look like it's enough to feed nine people. So um, he looks in the fridge and Alice asks what he's looking for. He tells her a doll. And she's all like, uh, "In the refrigerator." Mike explains that it could be anywhere and continues to look in the ovens. Alice says, uh, "If you wanted a doll so bad, I would have baked you one." Uh Huh? Yeah. And then
1: there's like this pause. I'm like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't get the joke. I I, I do appreciate the try, but no. <laughs> yeah, swinging a miss. There is one swing. really good joke in this that Marsha has, but I'll wait till we get to that part.
0: Okay, next we see Carol in the living room lifting up couch cushions, and Alice walks in and says to Alice, you'll never guess what I'm looking for. Alice replies, a doll. Carol's like, how'd you know that? She said, there's a lot of that going around. Um,
1: I love that, too. It's like... How do you know this thing in this very small quarters where you could clearly hear us and you're literally our live-in <laughs> housekeeper and know our children thoroughly inside and oh, out and we have uh, more Alice trust knows, of you than any of most people?
0: <laughs> yeah, Alice knows everything. She is the puppet master of the house. I'm telling you. She has information that she won't share. Oh, yeah. She's the puppet master. Yeah, no,
1: she runs that shit.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, now we're up in the girls' room, I think. Yeah. Now we're up in the girls' room where we see all the girls... Tearing apart their room, Jan is in the dresser drawers throwing stuff out. Cindy is in the closet, and Marcia is looking underneath the bed. Just then, Marsha yells out, "I found it! I found it!" Cindy comes running. "Can you carry all?" Marcia says, "No, my earring I lost last last week." And he, like, I was like, "What a dick!" Like, you can even see Cindy whisper. Like, if you listen quietly and turn it up, you can hear her go, "Dick!" Like straight to Marsha. <laughs> she didn't really, but wow. she oh should have. <laughs> um, Alice walks in and sees the mess, and is a little shocked. Just as the girls are leaving the room, so the boys are now in their room, pulling things apart, going through stuff, making a complete mess of their room too. Bobby asks, "Let's see if I was if I was a doll, where would I be?" Greg opens up his arms and says, "With me, sweetheart." Wah, wah, wah. I was like, "Oh, jeez." Swinging a miss too. Oh,
1: this is the strange. And then they just they turn on him so fast in this scene. <laughs> They're just like, Oh well, "Well, we can't find it. Clearly, you took it, and you're lying, and you're ruining this for everyone." <laughs>
0: yeah, and like, so it's
1: just such a the, the turn they have on him is just so like there's no loyalty at all. It's just like, Oh, you're clearly you took it. There's no other explanation."
0: <laughs> well, another thing, too, is like, okay, they're looking through the room, like, very hardcore. Greg is looking through the dresser drawers. First of all, wouldn't you know if there was a doll in your room? And then he's looking through the dresser drawers. Uh, that doll would not even fit in any of those drawers. But yet he's going oh through God. them, pulling stuff out. Like, you could just open it, and if you were to force the doll in there, you would see it immediately. You wouldn't have to move anything. But yet, Greg is going through thoroughly.
1: And none of them seem to think to check the room where they first lost it. Like, you're supposed to start where you saw it last and then work your way out. But they're like, well, let's go to the farthest part of the house where we know it never was and then look.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, Bob I wonder you... if that's
1: just like a budgetary thing, though. Maybe it was just cheaper for them to film it in the room that day or something. Because sometimes television's <laughs> funny like that, where like something good or bad just comes down to like budgeting or timing. Or right. Like, there's other factors that aren't the creative storyline. But this one was just kind of like, they didn't even try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. so bobby finds something and uh, holds it in his hands tightly peter asks what'd you find and he says it's an old chocolate bar i lost a long time ago and peter asks well which one is it because i lost one too and bobby says that it's a dark chocolate one with almonds peter goes uh yeah that's the one and bobby says well too bad because the one i found is vanilla fudge meh First of all, vanilla fudge. What the fuck is that? Is that a thing? Right, like sounds I mean, disgusting. Had, uh, I
1: guess would that just be white chocolate fudge? I guess. Oh, white
0: chocolate is terrible. No, because white chocolate's
1: not vanilla. Fuck, I don't know, man. I don't know. I never I've had peanut heard of butter it. fudge. That was good.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. I don't. I don't, I don't really want any... vanilla fudge. I. I don't. I don't want to have anything to do with it. That sounds awful. I. Ugh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I try it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so greg decides that it's not in their room and uh leave to go look somewhere else just as alice walks in uh walks in there too and sees the mess and says hey did you guys get the license number of the truck that went through here <laughs>
1: <laughs> why why would they do that
0: <laughs> uh, the boys go downstairs and they're discussing where else it could be here's your part so bobby says i'm glad that doll is gone just then, Greg and Peter stop and look at Bobby. Greg says, "Maybe you did take that doll after all." Bobby denies it, and Greg says, "Come on, Peter. You know what does he care if we we don't have ever if we don't ever have fun again?" And they leave Bobby, and Bobby is sad. His brothers abandoned him. <sighs> There's your scene. I mean, it just like. It the stakes are not
1: high enough for them to never be brothers again over a doll. That's why that scene didn't work for me. It's like, don't you realize, mom and dad are gonna, or unless they're like in this weird sex, like this weird not sex, ah, uh, this weird cult where like they're about to get murdered because they misplaced a doll. Like they act as if like the world is like we're gonna, we're grounded for life if we don't find this thing that you didn't lose, and now we yeah. not believe you, <laughs>
0: right? So now we're getting to all the kids who are in the backyard sitting. Well, not all the kids. All the kids except Bobby are sitting around the backyard at the swing set. Bobby comes over to them and asks if he can play. You know, can I play too? And they all say things like, get out of here. Nobody wants you. <laughs> That's oh, terrible. They,
1: like, they just turn, like, they're like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and he's only guilty by association, which I know is going to lead to our my favorite scene of the whole show.
0: <laughs> all right. We'll get there. All right. So Mike and Carol are observing observing this from the window and decide Bobby is being treated unfairly. He says, this is, Mike says, this has gone on far enough. Like Mike is really good about taking charge of this kind of shit. And uh, so Mike is having a meeting with Greg Marsha. He explains to them about how the law works here in America, innocent until proven guilty. They say they understand just that Mike leaves because he says he has to go shopping with Carol. So Greg says the dad is right. Marcia agrees that they need to have a fair trial. Then we'll hang him. That was the only good joke
1: of this episode. That was your joke. I thought that was the best joke of the episode. (laughs) I thought that was actually funny. I literally laughed out loud like, oh, that is funny. (laughs) And then we hang him. Like, I thought that was well written. I
0: was like, well done. <laughs> There's been a couple of jokes on these episodes that I've, like, that was, that was actually funny. That was pretty good. <laughs> so Greg and Marcia convince Alice to help them with their mock trial and to be the judge. So court is now in session. You know, Alice was in the kitchen. She's cooking up a roast, but they, she steps away to go be this judge that's set up in this giant living room. So, hey, so are, session. We all,
1: are we all on the same page that Alice is on cocaine or something, or amphetamine?
0: Because <laughs> hey, any time
1: a- the energy in that show is when she's communicating with the adults, is they're like, hello, Alice, how are you? Well, hey, Mr. B! And she's, like, stirring rapidly. Like, I don't know if you've ever been around <laughs> anyone who's been on, like, cocaine or speed or anything of that nature. She always seems like, or maybe not cocaine, maybe she's like an Adderall or something. Like, she's always just, <laughs> like, really hyped up. Like, her energy yeah. is always so much higher than everyone else in the house.
0: <laughs> well there was a scene where um she had to sniff flour it was like this thing of flour which looked like cocaine you know and she like just sniffs oh my- it and because uh, they were testing to see if they were allergic you know so they're sniffing it and uh and then she goes <laughs> like she's about to sneeze and then they laugh at her she goes don't laugh this stuff is dynamite or something like that and i was oh like my what god I was like, was that a Coke reference? Like, what? I mean, not on is that purpose, stuff in, but is that
1: something like we're putting onto the show, or is it like the creators and writers have come forward and be like, yeah, that was like a nod to this or that, or like I don't know. Especially I if this is during different. Vietnam, is like kind of the height of like, uh, was it heroin was being imported from the uh, TMI? But yeah, there's, that, there's like there could be a reference to the, the Vietnam War there.
0: Maybe I don't know. I, it might be something that we're just conjuring in our own minds, but yeah,
1: because I forgot. <laughs> What shitty! It was a movie, but I also had known about it as well. But there was like, um, I forgot the drug dealer's name, but they were, they were shipping heroin to the United States in the caskets of dead soldiers from Vietnam. And this is happening oh, wow. at the same time. Like, I wonder if they're, yeah, I'm probably just putting too much onto it. This is the show that literally just like, <laughs> doesn't really try, <laughs> or they are trying.
0: Yeah. So Greg and Marsha convince Alice to help them with their mock trial, be the judge, which I already said, blah, blah, blah. So court is now session. We have Greg acting as Bobby's attorney and Marsha is the DA. Peter and Jan are the jury. So Marsha calls her first witness, which is Cindy. She asks Cindy to tell the jury what happened in her own words. Cindy says that Kitty Carryall was in the room and now she's gone. And Bobby took her. Cindy then steps down. You know, Greg should have objected right there, huh?
1: I don't think that's going to hold up in court.
0: No, like Greg should immediately objected there. You can't just like you know that's speculation. You can't just you know, you can't just go up there and like he did it. You know, it's like whoa. Is no, 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 that called?
1: No. Conjecture? Is that what it's called?
0: <laughs> Maybe I, I'm not sure.
1: I know. I, if there are a lawyer listening, please like let us know.
0: <laughs> My sister's an attorney, but she's upstairs. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> that'd be so funny to be like, "Oh, actually," uh, and <laughs> like just yeah. really break down the legal process following a pretty much trial. <laughs>
0: yeah. That would be funny. Uh, so Jan asked if they can um oh wait, no. So Marcia already did that. Oh, oh, so Jan asked if they can vote gu- she goes, "Can we vote guilty now?" <laughs> and Greg also should have objected and demanded a new jury. But hey, that's just me. Uh, so oh, Bobby,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Bobby poor says it's
1: just like you're guilty because I lost my toy.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Bobby says that he wants a chance to plead his case. So Marcia cross-examines Bobby and asks him where he was the night or on March 9th. and he asks, but was that before or after nine? You know, because you know she's like, why? What does it matter? She's like because I'm not allowed up past nine. It's my bedtime. Marcia oh, yeah, just says like- he's guilty. I
1: know. And like you're like, oh, does that mean he was like breaking the rules and stayed up past nine? Or, but he's like, no, I'm perfect and go to bed at nine every night. It wasn't like I snuck out when I'm trying to hide something. It was just so like, I'm perfect. Here's how you're – if you're watching this in the 60s, you're like, that's how I was as a child. Why can't my kids be perfect like I was even though you know that's never the case. <laughs>
0: yeah. So Bobby says that he didn't take the doll and he wouldn't do a thing like that. Not with his own sister. Alice says that she's heard enough, and it's, it's uh, jury deliberation time. So Peter and Jan are whispering back and forth amongst each other. They stand up, and Alice asks if they have reached a verdict. Jan says they have. She goes, Your Honor, I vote not guilty. So Greg starts congratulating his client, Bobby, shaking his hand. And then Peter says, Just a minute. I vote guilty. What? Alice says, It looks like we have a hung jury, Right. Right. So Cindy calls, uh, so Cindy then calls out that something is burning and Alice realizes her roast is burning. So they all run to the kitchen, pull the roast out. And that thing is burnt to a crisp. Like, I don't know what she That thing was, has been overcooked for hours. <laughs> is that not a joke in a couple, the show that
1: Alice always overcooks everything? I'm trying to remember. I feel like I remember that. No, from it It's younger.
0: not very, you know, I think it's the first time she's ever burnt anything.
1: And then I wonder if that like is a reoccurring joke within the series.
0: Um, I can't remember; It's been so long. But this is where we take our first break. Man, it's getting intense. We got a hung jury here. Uh, Bobby could be put to death. We don't know. You know,
1: Bobby could be put to death. Possibly, <laughs> it's looking that <laughs> it's
0: way. P- it's possible. It doesn't look good though. But uh, all right, Chris, let's take our first break, and uh, we will be back. If you haven't checked out a Very Brady Podcast online merch store, you gotta do it. With the holidays coming up, where else can you go? You can pick up a Very Brady Podcast coffee mug for Aunt Sally, or a Very Brady Podcast phone case for Uncle Bob. The merch store has t-shirts, coffee mugs, magnets, stickers, and so much more. There are several different designs and t-shirt colors to choose from. Maybe you want to get a Very Brady Podcast pillow for Grandma. Go online to a very Brady podcast store on tpublic.com today. The link is in the show notes of this episode. Go check it out and as always, have a sunshine day. Welcome back, we got ourselves a hung jury, let's see how Bobby's gonna get out of this one uh, I would ask you if you have any ideas Chris, but I mean you've already seen the episode, so I <laughs> guess that wouldn't work Kill him dead <laughs> Oh, that's what you think? Oh, yeah, man. I think that he should, uh, clearly, he should be killed Clearly that should be the punishment for
1: accidentally losing your sisters and all that you weren't even touching <laughs>
0: right. Drawn and quartered, we'll see so, yeah, you know, the I'll whole see. episode is really like Cindy
1: lost, loses her toy and just can't accept responsibility, so just blames everybody else.
0: Yeah, typical woman. No, I'm just kidding. Boom. <laughs> Boom. So Bobby and Greg are having- well, I, mean, uh, that, I
1: mean, I guess that kind of shows, though, like the writing of the female character of the Brady Bunch in 1969. Maybe. What? I don't really know. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> her, her, the, the kids' characters aren't really well written. You know, nobody's very well written in
0: the show not know, well so not far. defined which i know uh-huh. is
1: intentional it's just yeah,
0: yeah so far all these episodes are written by old white guys so <laughs> there's a lot I'm of sexism So going on. surprised
1: to hear that yeah
0: in the in the last episode uh the girls were trying to build something and mike and the boys took over and told them to just go make lemonade cuz working men get thirsty and they were like okay <laughs> oh, there's also a
1: line too about uh don't bother dad on his day off like the dad was so pissed in the beginning of the episode that he had to deal with his seven children, six children on his day off. Nice. Which I mean, I relate to that, but it's just still funny. It's like you have six right. kids. I don't know why you think you should have peace and quiet. I have <laughs> one and there's no peace and quiet.
0: Right. All right. So Bobby and Greg are having a, having a little catch in the backyard. Mike and Carol roll up in the old station wagon and they're happy to see Greg is playing with Bobby. Uh, Greg asked Mike uh, if he could pitch for him. And Mike suggests we'll get Peter because Peter's a good pitcher. Greg says, yeah, a good pitcher, but a lousy juror. And Mike and Carol are like, what? So (laughs) (laughs) Marcia comes out and, uh, Calls Jan a quote Benedict Arnold and doesn't want to speak to, one well, doesn't want to speak to her. Mike and Carol are also confused about this too. Now this term like Benedict Arnold, like I feel like this is like a seventies term. Like I, I've only heard mm. it on old TV shows, especially the Brady Bunch. They was like, "You're nothing but a Benedict Arnold," you know. Like I've never heard. Yeah, I don't of think I've ever heard that one either that. until this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mike is now in his den working on some architectural schematic or whatever for work. So Carol comes in, you know, she's going to interrupt the man at work, which she shouldn't be doing that, but whatever. No. <laughs> and uh, Carol comes in and apologizes for her, uh, apologizes for the dinner, which I thought that was pretty time periody, <laughs> and says it's hard to get a good cook and a judge at the same time. Carol explains the whole situation and who is mad at whom. And they decide to go check on Cindy and see how she's doing, you know? So they go upstairs and they walk into Cindy's room and ask her if she's, uh, you know, Mike's like, have you done your prayers yet? Cindy gets out of the bed, kneels, um, and does her prayers out loud. She blesses everyone in the house, including Bobby and even Kitty carry all wherever she is.
1: (laughs) It it was, um, Sweet to see, like, if you've done your prayers yet, scene, but then it's also like, wow, this is really grasping at a certain <laughs> demographic and time frame that never existed. Like, you know, <laughs> right? It was like, it's really hammering home that like ideal 1950s, idyllic Christian white family. Um, <laughs> right. Not trying to, but like, it, it was just like to- so obvious. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's not too much religion also, in this show, I'm but not there's a
1: very religious person. But when you pray, I, or well, at least when I was, when I would go to church. I remember praying before bed by myself. Prayer wasn't a thing I would just do out loud in front of my dad. Right. <laughs> is that normal? And, and maybe no. everyone else's experience with that is different. But I remember thinking that was odd. I was like, you pray in front of your dad? <laughs> like, like out I loud. was private.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not too much religion on this show. There is like a couple times. I think another time I can recall is like a Christmas episode or something. So it kind of had something to do with it already. But. I think they just want to. Did you ever see the Christmas
1: episode where they decided to do a uh, live interpretation of Jesus being hung on the cross? Greg is Jesus. It was really intense. But you know, they they just went for
0: it. What? Is that is that for real? I
1: was like, what the hell? (laughs) Just all of a sudden it's a Brady Bunch episode where it's like the passions of the Brady's and it's just like Greg (laughs) Brady like walking. (laughs) Like, you know, really intense. (laughs) No, but yeah, there's such a a little religion. yeah, they don't actually say Christian in it, they just say prayer, so I guess it could be any religion yeah that's true <laughs> so that now Cindy prior,
0: I think is most so Cindy is in the media room coloring on the couch as Bobby comes in tooting the old kazoo once again uh he sees a wired controlled blue elephant guy thing on the couch and asks where this came from um, he says uh or no so where did this come from uh, I'm sorry I lost oh Cindy says from Africa mommy brought it brought him for me I was like what Africa like when did Carol go to Africa and wow. that just seemed like a yeah. weird thing to say like why, why didn't she oh, just she say oh toy in- yeah at the store or I got a, Christmas, a couple Christmases ago or something you know it's like a oh, mommy brought it from Africa like
1: yeah yeah, it would just make the equivalent of being like oh hey Tack, how's it going where did you get that t-shirt Japan <laughs> yeah right Oh, I got it. Like a a you didn't say that you went to Japan. You didn't say anything about any detail. It's just, it's from, well, Japan's a country. I'm trying to think. It's like, yeah, like, and Africa's a continent, too. So it's like, but yeah, I bought this from <laughs> uh, you know, North America.
0: <laughs> yeah. People always refer Asia. to Africa like it's, it's from its Asia. Own country.
1: Oh, yeah. We're in Asia. I don't know. Somewhere. Pretty big place, somewhere. but it's from Asia.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, Bobby picks up the toy and puts it on the floor and picks up the, it's a wired controller, you know, so this blue elephant does like these slow acrobatic tumbles, like, cause you can like control like the arms or whatever. <laughs> and uh, just then Tiger the dog walks into the room and lays down on the floor. Uh, Cindy accuses Bobby of still being guilty of taking kitty carry all and leaves the room. Just then, Bobby can't find his kazoo and calls for his dad and blames Cindy for taking his kazoo. And Cindy, of course, denies it because we see that she didn't take it. Uh, Mike suggests that uh, he may have to put it He may put it in his pocket. Uh, so Bobby empties his pockets with the most ridiculous items. <laughs> He's, like, pulling all this crap out and putting it on the table. I mean, it was, I wanted to see, like, him actually literally, you know, but he got everything but the kitchen sink, and then him see show him like putting down a sink, goonk, like on top of all of it. But yeah, I guess and this guess was a pretty, pretty good gag there. too. The, the
1: the yeah, this was a probably all right. That's another solid joke. The stuff <laughs> coming out of the pockets. I thought that was yeah, pretty yeah, funny. yeah. It's
0: kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Um, so let's see here. Uh, I lost my spot. Okay, so Bobby says, "See, I don't have it, uh, and that's proof that Cindy took it." And Mike says, no, that that only proves that you don't have it. If Cindy says she didn't take it, I believe her, just like I believed you when you said you didn't take her doll. Um, Damn,
1: that's some good parenting.
0: (laughs) So Mike sits down, uh, has a little heart-to-heart with them, tells them that sometimes people can look guilty because of circumstantial evidence, even though they're innocent. Um, Carol comes in and says that uh, she searched the house and still no doll and no kazoo. Mike says they just have to keep searching. So, cut to Bobby is up in his room. He picks up a chair and climbs up in the top of his closet, pulls down his little piggy bank, shakes it around, and next thing you know, we see him at a toy shop. And Bobby says that he wants to buy something for his sister. He sees another Kitty Carry All doll on the shelf. Of course, it's not in a box, which is weird, unless you're like at a thrift store.
1: Oh, yeah, and it's almost like an antique store, but it was also yeah. supposed to be a toy store of that time. So it was really interesting. That was kind of fun to see in this at this lens.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says that he'll take it, and the shop clerk, you know, is surprised that, um, is that he's willing to pay so much money for a toy for his sister. And Bobby says it's it's his whole life savings, and asks if it's enough. You know, I'm kind of curious. I wish it would have been a nice little thing where, like, he was actually short a little bit. But he was still kind of like, it's cool, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, but they didn't. He was just like, oh, it's just enough. And he got three cents left over. And and so uh, he's like, gee, thanks. So Bobby leaves with the doll. So Bobby's now in the media room giving the new Kitty Carry All doll to Cindy. He says... Uh, that it's not because he's like it's not because I like you or anything. It's just because my piggy bank was getting too full, <laughs> you know. So Bobby leaves the room. Um, Mike and Carol walk into the room um, and see this. They say how wonderful it is to have a new kitty carry-all and how nice Bobby was for doing that for her. But Cindy says that it's not the same. Puts it down and leaves the room like a little bitch, like can't please (laughs) Ah. (laughs) him. just then we see tiger and uh, grab the new kitty carol doll in his mouth and take off with it mike and carol see this they chase after him. shock
1: shock the dog that no no one meant for some reason they don't ever talk about the dog the whole like they don't even bring up the dog like that
0: uh, i don't know why he
1: doesn't say maybe the dog did it like first thing out of his mouth like it's like i wasn't the only one in the room there was a dog there a dog who has a history of burying things in the yard people (laughs)
0: Yeah, so they chase him to the backyard, and then Tiger runs into his doghouse. So Mike's like, hold on, Mike gets down, goes into his doghouse, looks around, and you hear him go, that dummy dog, and uh, so then he starts handing out items that are inside Tiger's doghouse. He hands out Bobby's kazoo, and of course, both kitty carry-all dolls. Mike tells Tiger to come on out of there and sit down and listen, and he should be ashamed. But Carol says, Wait, aren't you accusing him before he has a a fair trial? Mike says, Oh, good point. Tiger, you have been accused of dog napping, doll napping, and kazoo snatching. How do you plead? And of course, Tiger gets into this begging position. Adorable.
1: And then Marsha walks over and snaps its neck. And now we're here. Oh, my (laughs) God. They got dark. (laughs) Yeah, Marsha and Greg didn't say that. It was a joke, but the way she delivers it, it's like, and then we kill Like It it was a little dark. It was a little dark.
0: (laughs) It's kind of funny you mentioned Marsha because there was a time where they thought they had to get rid of Tiger, and everybody was upset, visually upset that Tiger had to be getting rid of except for Marsha. It was weird. It was like Marsha didn't give a fuck that the dog was leaving. She didn't say that, but everybody was like, Should have been killed after that
1: fucking baby doll incident.
0: (laughs) Right. And so (laughs) it's funny that you chose Marsha to come over and snap his knife because that follows suit with the (laughs) storyline. So uh, now we cut to. Mike and Carol are in the bedroom and discussing the day's activities. It seems like every episode or most of them end with the parents in the bedroom. I don't know; it's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, that made me remind me of the uh, Cosby Show because that was always how like that was like a thing of that era where all those shows they always that whole like never go to bed when you're angry. But I guess now the equivalent <laughs> of that would just be to a couple in bed but playing on their phones.
0: <laughs> yeah, <or> their iPads. <laughs> Mike says that uh, he can't believe someone could get so attached to an inanimate object. Carol says... Oh, well, and then that stupid thing with the golf club was so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I have questions. So Carol says, well, I've been meaning to tell you this, but remember your golf club, the one you made a hole in one with? And Mike's like, yeah, what about it? Carol says that it's missing and she can't find it anywhere. Mike is like, not my lucky seven iron. That was my favorite club. And it's like getting upset. Just then Carol turns around and grabs it. And like hands it to him and he was like oh and then she like and then he like grabs it and he goes like okay well good night and rolls over and hugs it and and, and that that no, was, she says to him like, like well you see what I mean and he's like it? yeah right 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 so well first of all you know she's like oh now you see what I mean and he's like oh I certainly do I get it now so um but yeah let's go back to that so why was that club sitting next to the bed like as That's if she was going to part- predict the conversation
1: it's yeah, it's like she rehearsed the conversation. He's gonna say <laughs> this and I'll prove my point. Which all of that could have worked if she didn't take out the golf club.
0: Yeah, she could have like easily I understand they were short on time, but she could have easily just gotten gotten up and reached over. Like maybe it was just the whole all the whole golf clubs were sitting right there. Or maybe she you know yeah. what I mean? Not like it was leaned just up against so her weird. bed right next to her, <laughs> you know, so convenient. Remember your golf <laughs> club? Well, goddamn, it. It's like she planned it. Um, in a weird <laughs> oh, way. for sure. For sure. And uh, so uh, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Well, what did you think? We had to really power through this one because you're short on time today. But what did you think? Uh, the, what, one thing I wrote down, I said people
1: really dress like this at home back then because they're always so well, like fully clothed. <laughs> uh, and I was also very surprised of how not good it was. But then I'm not surprised by that in retrospect. Now that I thought about it for a little bit longer, I'm like, oh, yeah, it wasn't very good. Um, I was trying to think what's the equivalent of like what I grew up on, our version of like that. And I think I could I'm curious if anyone else out there or you even have an actually I'm really curious what you would think. Um, would you consider like Saved by the Bell kind of like our version of this? Like we watched it in a sure. similar age I, and. Like you watched it as a kid and it was like wholesome and there was not really any real conflict and it was probably, we loved it as children, but I'm sure our parents hated it because it was terrible. For sure. It, it was terrible. Yeah.
0: Same thing. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely compare the two because they were, it was terrible also, but yeah, we loved it. You know? So oh cheesy.
1: yeah, yeah. So I, and I think that with the Brady Bunch, like you know, I love a lot of stuff that's not good. So I, I, I guess there, maybe every like decade, there's like the cultural fill of something like that is wholesome and not good, but a certain generation. Maybe right now, Friends might be that show. I mean, it's a little more risque I, compared to the Brady Bunch. But, like, I love Friends.
0: I love Friends. I'm a huge Friends fanatic. So.
1: Oh, I I like it a lot, too, but it seems to have, like, a moment in the culture, like, everyone, like, all, all the younger generations are watching. And, you will know, hear they're like, oh, why do all these young kids watch Friends? And it's like, well, it's because it's – I mean, I only watched this stuff because it was on. But, like, you know, you watch what your parents watch. And my uh, – so I guess that's why. It's just like, you know, you probably <laughs> grew up watching it. Like, Brady Bunch was just kind of always on.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Always on. That's um... – You can't, you couldn't escape it. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. It
1: was on Nick at Night for a long time as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, tell you, tell uh, listeners, like, you know, here's your chance to plug, plug away. Um, How can they find you?
1: Oh, so I'm on at Let's Chat podcast on a all the things Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, I also have a PayPal account recently. It's a uh, donation based, and if you send me a buck, if you like, it would be really nice. And we can send I'll send you some stickers and or um, and a magnet. And if you want that for free, just let me know. You can still have it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'm most active right now. I would say Instagram. Tw- uh, yeah, Instagram. I've been using a lot more. Twitter. I'm on a good amount. Facebook. A little bit. Uh, Email is letchatpodcast at gmail dot com. I'd love to hear from any of you. And um, one thing for you, um, I actually had interviewed a writer from the Mary Tyler Mer- uh, Moore Show that I'm like kind of still friendly with. You should Ooh. have her on this show because it would be so interesting to talk to a writer of that era who actually wrote quality oh, television yeah. too. and she wrote for a lot of cool stuff, Susan Silver? Susan Silver. But I'll have to. I'll I'll catch up with you afterwards. I feel like that would be such a cool to hear. For about sure, her. yeah.
0: I'm yeah, sure I'd she probably knew ever. some of those people yeah maybe <laughs> all right well i want to remind uh the listeners too that com is up and it's live and it's going um also i i teased a little bit about a contest coming up real quick Well, real oh, god i can't words today um a caption contest announcement okay so there's going to be a caption contest. Basically, uh, create a caption to the image that's going to be posted on the site and email it to a podcast at gmail.com with the subject titled caption contest one entry the dates of the contest are going to be December 2nd 2019 to December 20th 2019 and a winner will be announced on the episode released on Monday December 23rd 2019 all the details of the contest are going to be up on averybradypodcast.com forward slash caption dash contest just be creative be witty but most importantly just be funny so good luck with that sorry i had to Yeah,
1: funnier than the brady bunch <laughs>
0: yeah all right chris man it was good talking to you again i appreciate you stopping uh, by this has been awesome
1: uh thank you so much for having me and for the listeners sorry uh, short if anyone listen we were a little short in time i had one i had to book a studio and i was someone before and after me and we had a little tech so i had one solid hour but we were so happy to make this work and let's hopefully uh hey listen i will if you ever want if you ever have me back, I will gladly come back on. And if you ever do the movies, please, please let me know. Ahead of time. I'd <laughs> I've love been to totally a guest, or even just to listen, so I can watch those movies again. I really <laughs> miss them.
0: For sure, I've been. I've actually talked about that or thought about that. Like, once I run out of episodes, I think I'm going to do the movies. So you will oh, definitely wonderful. be invited for that. For whichever one of those love, you want.
1: Thank you so much for having me. All have right, buddy. I'll today. see
0: you. You too, man. See I'll ya. talk to you soon. Bye. I want to thank my guest one last time for stopping by. I certainly appreciate it. And hey, guys, you can contact me at averybradypodcast at gmail.com, send me an email, or you can give me a call and leave a voice message at 804 446 1901. Once again, that's 804 446 1901, and I'll play it on the show. Head on over to the merch store at TeePublic. The link is in the description below. You got to check it out. We got t shirts coffee mugs pillows uh stickers magnets and uh several of the designs i've designed myself so check it out guys also join the facebook group it's called the very brady facebook group join in on the conversation post memes post whatever you want i don't care just don't be a racist and be sure to also check out the patreon page if you enjoy the show give a donation and become a patron i'd certainly appreciate it you can head over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until next time, I've been Tack, and this has been a very Brady podcast. Have a sunshine day.